2: Not just a media company, iHeartMedia Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Wednesday lunchtime edition of the Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. I'm Colin Watt and today I'm delighted to be joined not only by my usual Wednesday co-host Amy Canavan, but also by a Celtic State of Mind's David Slight. David, how are you doing? Good, thanks Colin. Happy to be here. And
5: that's a nice uh, signed shirt you've got behind you. What is that one? Is that the Invincible? That's the Invincible shirt. Framed uh, courtesy of uh, Kevin Tate at the Penalty Spot, Sword Street, Glasgow. So a nice wee plug for him.
4: <laughs> I'm sure he's loving that. Amy, how have you been today?
6: I'm doing all right, Colin. Just delighted to be here. It's nice to have David in as well. Get back to a trio. It's always that bit nicer. means I don't need to talk as much. So, David, on you go.
4: <laughs> yeah, David, I think, I think you're saving both of us today. I'm suffering from a bit of a cold. So apologies for any um, sort of snottyness you hear coming through. Um, but hay fever <laughs> season has hit. So we know what is happening there. Um, before we get started today, I just want to pass on um, everyone's best wishes from a Celtic state of mind to Musa Dembele. That was quite frightening seeing that video yesterday, but by all accounts, he's back up. He actually drove himself away from the training ground afterwards. So um, we hope that he's doing OK. We look forward to hearing uh, an update on his health in the next couple of days.
5: David, when you've seen that video, your first, you just think of the worst straight away, don't you? Yeah, you think of the worst. Um, Really scary moment uh, for everyone. Um, It was heartening to see um, how quickly um, there was help on the scene and not just his teammates, but professional help with an ambulance at at the side of the training ground. So it looks like he was very, very well looked after by the Atletico Madrid staff and um, by all accounts able to drive himself home so hopefully um just a just a scare for musa but that's something he'll perhaps need to keep an eye on going forward you know it's been there's been you know two or three well-documented cases in the past 10 years of, of something similar happening with um, w- with far more severe consequences something something that uh, that musa will perhaps need to keep an eye on as, as his career progresses
4: yeah and amy by all accounts he seemed to be able to drive himself away from the scene which is always a great sign um for our generation, he's probably one of the best strikers we've seen since Henrik Larsson, so um, we've always keeping an eye on his progress and his move to Atletico. That this just kind of came at the wrong time for him, hasn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a tough one. Um, and no matter who it is, it doesn't matter that it's uh, the King of Glasgow Derby. It's not at all. But it, it's never nice to see. Um, so, like you say, it's good to see him back on his feet, um, driving away, give a wee thumbs up. But it was... Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a fright and as David says, it's just something that obviously you just got to keep an eye on and you hope, I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of the heat, but you would think growing up in France, it's not like it's one of us going over and it's not really our sort of culture, but like I say, it's just one of the things that you need to keep an eye on and um, all the best wishes to, to Musa.
4: Yeah, and I know that he still keeps up with a lot of what's happening at Celtic. He's he's a player that's took Celtic to his heart, and we've certainly took him to our hearts. So all the best to Moussa Dembele. Um, but let's, let's talk about the kind of big breaking news that came out of Celtic last night. Um, and it's probably a, an interview that came out of the blue from the majority shareholder, Dermot Desmond. Amy, when you first saw the post coming out, were you surprised to hear from Dermot?
6: I think I was more just surprised to see actually what was inside. Um, and I think we've probably got a little bit of a cheek to call it an interview. That's a fan Q&A. That's Jeremy Culloch's got his kids to, to to make up those questions and chuck them at him. That's not an interview. Um, for him to come out and say what he said, that's managing to say something without really saying anything. Make it look like, oh, we're making a little bit of a statement, I'll answer your questions. But nothing in there is, is meriting and he's not really holding his hands up and the stuff that he is holding his hands up for he of belitt- belittling the fans at the same time no, we saw this coming, pundits saw this coming that was a publicity stunt mm-hmm. that epitomises having a dig at Brian Dempsey as well that epitomises it as a publicity stunt um, I wasn't impressed by it at all um, there's a lot of things in there and I know we'll delve into that so I'll let David um, give his overriding views to start with but no, there's there's a lot in there that's just not not right it's sitting right for me
4: yeah, David, seven questions and they were apparently raised by supporters. Now, I know a lot of fans have emailed in to John Paul Taylor as the Celtics uh, SLO this season. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was really a, a a general overview of what's been sent in or do you think this was specifically handpicked for Dermot just to come out with the, I know what I'm going to reply back to them and say?
5: Well, doubtless the questions were hand-picked. Um, uh, and that Desmond chose to answer them in his own way and um, uh, the one the one line that I sort of really picked out from that was that critics are in no place to judge what they can't see we can't yeah. judge what we can't see he was saying and and, and that's fair enough um but but I mean I think that the thing he also said the season had been extremely disappointing and one of the most disappointing aspects of the season for me has been not just the not just the performances on the park I mean that, that that's obvious to everyone but but the communication from the club and and I made this point the last time I was an axon and it hasn't been the best. Um, uh, and uh, whether it's yesterday's interview from Dermot Desmond or the interview that Peter Lowell gave in January after the uh, Dubai fiasco, when when the club has communicated with the fans, it, it hasn't. It, it perhaps hasn't been as well judged as it might have been. But they're on a hiding to nothing. Every time they communicate, there's a there's a there's a, a sort of social media pylon. Um, they can't see anything right, um, a, a, and basically, until performances are much better on the field, um, almost regardless of what the club does or doesn't say, um, it, you know, it, 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 the, 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 there's going to be there's going to be enormous criticism. Um, but I didn't I didn't think the interview was especially enlightening. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't tell us much that we didn't already know. The interview that he gave to. The athletic two or three months ago, before Christmas, was 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 better and 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 more enlightening in terms of his thinking as an individual. I think uh, I think what Brian Dempsey had said in the Times was probably the catalyst for 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 Dermot deciding to go public just now.
4: Now we've seen this um, from Dave Cormack in Aberdeen where the questions have also been coming in about who would take over as the Aberdeen manager, Um, and he provided a couple of updates to the fans. Celtic fans asked for that sort of correspondence from the club, and this was their attempt at it. The first question coming out saying, um, when will we know about the new manager being put in place? Um, (laughs) And there was a a bit in that answer where it says that we um, go through a, a strenuous process of looking at candidates and their skills and their strengths and then you take a look back and says uh, well um, we appointed Neil Lennon in the showers at Hamden. so w- what Dermot Desmond's telling the truth there, is it the Dermot Desmond that we believe is now part of the team to pick the new manager or was it just a case of ah, uh, we, we had all these CVs but we just stuck them in the drawer, Lenny was always our man Amy I'll throw that one out to you first
6: you're just sort of sitting there going, well, what's the next life? What, what are you to believe? Um, I think as well in that little in that little comment, it's almost like, well, we're not really at liberty to say like what we're looking for in a manager. I'm not asking them to come out and go, we are wanting an Eddie Howe, we are wanting a Roberto Martinez. Of course, you're not going to come out and name drop. But they never even mentioned, I think maybe I'm looking into it a little bit too much. They used the word manager not head coach now. I could be wrong, but I think if you're looking at director of football, then you're looking more down the head coach role.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so there's little, there's little things in there that's not worded quite right. And like as, as David said, it wasn't really enlightening us and there was nothing that we, re- we didn't already know. Um, so to really, to come out and go yeah we're looking for a manager well we know we're looking for a manager we don't have a manager right now we're looking for a head coach we don't have one that's it was just not really answering the question but like I say I think out of that what I took out of it was that it was manager and not head coach
4: David is that something that you picked out as well
5: I did but I probably pers- my personal view is that I-, I wouldn't read too much into the terminology used but but I mean Celtic know when they put out an interview like that that absolutely every every sentence if not every word is going to be is going to be poured over by by the support and of course that's that's exactly what hap- what's happening what, what what he did tell us is that um, uh, you know he he gave, he gave some insight into the um, into the decision makers um, as well as Ian bankier um, uh, Peter Lowell's involved um and dominic Mackay, the new ceo um has some input uh, according to dermot desmond as well as you as you would expect I've, I've no reason to doubt that any of that's true i have no reason to doubt also that they're going through uh this time um a, a pretty thorough um search you know that that, that involves a number of parameters the fact that they didn't the last time simply underscores the need to do that this time because I think everybody was a bit disappointed and underwhelmed the last time and the way the appointment was made in the aftermath of the cup final win over Hearts was it was just a it, it, it just kind of lent itself to to criticism. And I'm sure if the club could perhaps rewind on the way that was handled, they might they might do it differently. Disappointing to hear last time that CVs were just sort of shoved in the drawer and, and 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 kept for a rainy day. Well, the rainy day has now arrived. So mm-hmm. um, those C- CDs CVs are perhaps having the, the the dust blown off them, and let let's hope that um, a much more rigorous approach is being taken this time. If what Dermot Desmond says is true, then it would seem that that's the case.
4: Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. Um, And it goes on to the next point, sorry, um, of who they're saying is in charge of this whole process. So Peter Lowell, Dermot Desmond, Ian Bankier and Dominic Mackay will be part of that process. A lot of Celtic fans will be asking, why is Peter Lowell involved? Now, we know that Dominic Mackay isn't taking over until the summer. That's been confirmed not only by Celtic, but by Scottish Rugby. Um, that they won't let him go until the confirmed date that was already put in as part of the press conference and part of the press releases. Um, does that suggest to you, Amy, that we'll see an uh, appointment in before we see Dominic McKay come into the draw?
6: I think that's what you've got to take out of it. Because um, if not, then why has Lawwell got an opinion after whatever date it is that McKay comes in, so on the 1st of July or whatever it is? Um so again and right now you've still got you've still got to give him his place right now he currently still is the CEO can't mm-hmm. just totally and utterly shut him out no matter how many Celtic fans would maybe want that um, so yeah again but as David says he was also part of that process the last time those CVs chucked into the cupboard for that many day. well then he knows the cupboard he knows where the drawer is get them out so of course you've still got to include him as we say right now because at the end of the day it is still his role
4: uh, David, what you, obviously you mentioned that the idea of Dominic McKay having the involvement. You'd like to think that he will definitely have at least a say on the final candidates if he's not already involved in some other things that's going on behind the scenes at the club at the minute.
5: I've absolutely no doubt that he will, um, and I've some I've some experience of how corporate governance works and how boards work, and um, I've absolutely no doubt that Dominic McKay, incoming CEO, will have. Um, a very strong say in uh, in who the new man is and um, I, I, I think the fact that Peter Lowell is the outgoing CEO will be will be factored into discussions as, uh, as well and, and and his views perhaps weighted accordingly I mean let's not forget that it, for all that this season has been extremely disappointing to put it euphemistically um, you know Peter Lowell has a, 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 a uh, a track record of sound achievement over the last 10, 15 years. Um, there, there are things with which we could all take issue. There are individual decisions that, that perhaps haven't been the right ones. He's admitted to mistakes. But his track record over the period in which he has been the CEO of Celtic has, in my view, been, been the, the good out, far outweighs outweighs the bad. So I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with Peter Lowell having some input to the decision process at the moment. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, he's the incumbent CEO I'm quite sure Dominic MacKay um, will have will have input as well. I think I think the really interesting thing is that um, the 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 timing of Dermot Desmond's interview mm-hmm. and the timing of any new managerial appointment. You would you would think that with season ticket renewals in the offing, they have to get a new manager in before Dominic MacKay arrives. Um, and therefore, my gut feel is that an appointment isn't very far away. Uh, that, that, that that That's that that's what I'm thinking.
4: Yeah, I think you might have hit the nail on the head there. I mean, if we take a look back at it this time last season, the season ticket renewal forms are already out, and it was the earliest that I can remember as a season ticket holder that the forms had kind of came through the door. They don't even do that so much anymore. If you've already renewed online, you don't even get a, a letter in the post anymore. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll be able to see in the next week or two um, the form coming out what's going to be offered to fans as additional value for this year's um, sort of a lot of people will say it's a fiasco um, we can go in depth as to the kind of additional value you've had from your season ticket this year what can they do to encourage fans to renew for next season there'll be a lot that happens before Celtic take to the field again to play Livingston in the first game after the, the split but um, But you you said something there, and it was actually a direct lift and quote from what Dermot Desmond said last night. He said, the season has been extremely disappointing, but for anyone who could have foresaw the outcome of this season is extremely disingenuous. I don't agree with that at all. I don't think anybody could have been, and Amy, I can see you're shaking your head as well. I don't think it's disingenuous to suggest that fans could have saw that um, Celtic were heading in the wrong direction from very early on into the season. Um, I, I probably was one of the first on here to say that Lennon should have left, and that's as far back as Fennich Varos. Um, some people will say that he should never have got the job. I mean, Amy, that's, I don't think that's fair on the kind of people that he's coming out. He's defending his own position there, but I don't think it's fair to suggest it's disingenuous. We all have a, a say uh, as fans, and it was never at that point you're doing this completely wrong. This is completely out of order. We'll go on to the part where it says that the board's not fit for purpose. But in this particular part of the interview, I think it was a bit early to come out and start.
2: It's the marketer's report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust.
3: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy.
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust.
3: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
2: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Swinging the bat at people.
6: Yeah, you can't come in, like you so say, you can't come out and swing the bat. People did force you this, and... OK, right, maybe you can say, more than most, I think, than anything, maybe you didn't see this Celtic collapse happening. But no, you did see, you saw Rangers building. Now, this has been happening. They dropped down to the lowest division in Scottish football. We should be light years ahead of them. We should be decades and decades ahead. They have been building something. Gerard has been building something. The media, the media, have pressed on it that the five ones, the five 0s It was, it was getting that little bit closer. It was two ones. It was one 0s and you can look into them. But you don't even need to look at the results. You just look at what Rangers has been building. You look at them getting Glen Kamara for, what was it fifty grand or something? They got Glen Kamara from that's an absolute bargain for Dundee. He was on our doorstep as well. He was. He didn't. He wasn't somebody that they went away to Bulgaria and got or Hungary. No, he was at Dundee. We we had him in our vision as well. Um, you can see that talent. But like I say, the biggest thing is, is, it's not even. You can take that step back and go right. Nobody. You can say right. Maybe nobody expected Celtic to capitulate quite as big as this. No, I didn't. I didn't see this happening. But I saw Rangers building. And that's the worry. We should be absolutely light years ahead of them. And now they've, overtake, they've overtaken us. And they have. It's, and it's a disgrace that this has managed to happen. We have been sleeping giants. We have let this happen. We've watched that. It. It's been total and utter complacency.
4: David, is it disingenuous to suggest that some people saw this coming before even a ball was kicked?
5: <sighs> I think a lot of people were concerned even, even last season. Yeah. Um, I mean, the team. The team last season played extremely well. At, at, you know, at times, let's not forget home and away wins over an excellent Lazio side, um, and the Celtic team was playing really, really well um, when you know COVID intervened in in, in March of in March of mm-hmm. last year, and we, we were well ahead of Rangers in the league at that stage, and 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 probably odds on to beat them at least once more in in, in the two remaining um, fixtures against them at that point last season um I think it it, it it has been an extremely disappointing season. People have called it a, a, an unmitigated disaster. It's difficult to pick out too many highlights. that's for sure. Yeah. but a, a few points I have made. one, I don't think're I don't think, we're, I, I don't think we're, we're we're far away at all from being able to compete with Rangers um next season um i think i think that was clear from the performance on on sunday i know we're going to come back to that so i'll leave that Mm -hmm. there for now Yep. um i think celtic invested uh, quite heavily uh last summer uh in terms of bringing players in the fact that um arguably only turnbull's been a an unqualified success of, of, of the of the inbound players is is is, is disappointing. But the, the investment was there, whether it was in terms of, of salaries or transfer fees, and and I think it's interesting also that, and it's a bit ironic. Even if we'd even if we'd done ten in a row, the pressure would be on now to do eleven for sure. sure. I mean, it's been where everyone's been talking last week or so about the the fact that almost certainly. Um, Scotland the winner of the Scottish uh, Premier League next season will have a, a direct access to the the Champions League group stages so there's mm-hmm. 30 million pounds minimum up for grabs effectively to the winner of the SPFL next season so i mean uh, the, the team the team was coming to the end of a cycle anyway and maybe it's as maybe <laughs> it's almost as well that it's, it's it's happened when it's happened and we could regroup and go for it next year because if it happened, hasn't happened last season it it would have happened next season we're we're going to lose Edouard we're going to lose Aya we're going to lose Scott Brown was was coming to the end of his career we were going to lose a lot of players anyway Fraser Foster was going to move on at some point whether it was whether it was when he did or 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 at the end of this season so 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 things were kind of reaching the end the end the end of a cycle and and um, you know we've got a chance now to to regroup and, and go for that uh, champion, guaranteed or seemingly guaranteed Champions League group stage um spot at the end of this at the end of the next season and it's really important we do that and i don't think we're a million miles away from being able to compete it's essential that we get the managerial appointment right though
4: yeah i think if you take a look at the last two games against rangers um and compare it to the first game and even the games last season it they were really close run games. It was. We should
6: never let it got to that, though. Sorry, we should never no, let it got to that.
4: But no, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. You just kind of think sometimes you just don't take your chances, and I think that's what happened on Sunday, and we'll, we'll cover that. Um, but you're right. We're not the gaps not massive. We're not looking to close a big gap next season. Okay, you can take a look at the points on the the, the board. And the amount of points we've dropped this season has been silly. But when you compare it to the two games, the last two games that we've had against them, I don't think there's a, a such a big gap to close. What is an issue, though, and it's the point that you made there, David, is we are going to have quite a high turnover of players this summer. Now, that's either going to take it one way or the other. It's either going to take it to the fact that we close that gap, we get back to that period of dominance that we've had over the last nine years, or... And, it's what was said in the report was this is going to be a transitional year. Now You mentioned that if you win the league next season you've almost got this clear run to what can be anything up to 40, 50 million pounds in Champions League money next year. You can't really afford for Celtic to be going through a transitional year to the point of where well, we're still not challenging for the title. I don't know who that is. Whoever wants to take that. Um, Amy I'll, I'll throw it out to you can this be a transitional season next year or has the fact that we haven't challenged this year already been the start of the transition
6: well it has to continue because right now nothing's looking, like, you can say that we maybe played well the last two games against Rangers Sunday meant nothing, it's a club that have already won the title, it just came off an absolutely horrendous fiasco from Thursday night and I'm not talking about the football I mean and everything else, that takes its toll Um and that will take its toll. Everything that's happened with Glen Kamara and everything that's happened with the whole system, they deserve what they, what they have going on. They weren't going into this game how we should have been going into it. We should, we should have been light years still ahead of them on Sunday. Yeah, maybe we played that little bit better. Um, but at the end of the day, we never got the result. And that's what fundamentally matters. So it has to be a transitional period next year. It has to be because, like I say, I can't believe that we are even... It's just why we're we're having to talk about, All right, okay, maybe the gap we're not having to close is that big. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. even need to be closing a gap. I keep going back. That League Cup final, we we stole off Rangers. That should have been the turning point and that should have been the red flag while they're on our tails. And again, we slept and we've let them overtake. And I take nothing from Sunday and I know we'll come on to that, but I don't take a lot of positives. Yeah, okay, the first 45 was decent. First 45 at Ibrox was decent. Never took a result at the end of it. And for them, it was a dead rubber on Sunday. And I know you can say, okay, playing Celtics, maybe not a dead rubber. But in the grand scheme of things, of course it is for them.
4: Yeah, I I feel as if that, and I think it was put um, maybe by the guys on the Monday Club, it did feel like an almost a testimonial, a friendly towards the end of that game on Sunday. Both teams were happy with what they got. No one was really throwing themselves at it. And uh, I don't know what else we could have expected. The league's over. Um, But for me, I wanted... Celtic to go out there and try and get some pride back and to get the points. I mean, it's getting to the stage now that the last time Celtic in the league beat Rangers, Johnny Hayes scored. That's how far back we're going. It's it's quite a sad thought considering the kind of period of dominance we've had over this last nine years and how quick it's just disappeared. But David, can Celtic have a transitional season next year and still push for the league title? I think
5: so. Yes, um, but but I expect there'll be um, quite significant investment in the in the team this summer. Um, I'm I'm as frustrated as anyone. Uh, look, in, in my in my unguarded moments, I'm banging my head against a brick wall in my, in my flat here uh, at the way this season has gone, at the way that um, Rangers have been allowed to to, to, to to close the gap on us. Um, uh, and in many ways, I'd agree with with with, with Amy and others that w- we should be we should be light years ahead of them, and it, it's it's really frustrating that 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 we're not. But I, I, I the gauntlet's been laid down, the challenge has been laid down. I expect Celtic to invest heavily in the squad this summer. I hope they make the right managerial appointment. <laughs> I probably is every fan you interview will have a different opinion on it. I, I've I've got my own. Um, uh, I think the managerial appointment is the is the most important of all, and I do think it's worth it's worth paying a high salary to attract the best possible candidate. Um, when we look at some of the, the the money that's been, I regret to say, frittered away on on mm-hmm. on the salary of players who've contributed very very little, um, you know, investing that money in in a top quality coach, uh, I think would really pay dividends. But I expect a strong investment in the squad in the summer. Uh, and I think Celtic will absolutely be in a position to uh, to, to compete next season. And um, I, 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 I'm really quite optimistic as regards, uh, as regards the, the, the 21-22 campaign.
4: The next two questions that were part of the interview was something that actually quite surprised me, um, that it was put towards them, And if I'm being honest, I don't think this is the way that it was asked to Demet Desmond. The first one was about not being a true fan. It's a criticism that we've seen all over social media um, over the last not just twelve months, but for the last period of time that Dermot isn't actually a true fan. Uh, quite a few people in the comment section today already saying that he's a Manchester United fan first, Celtic fan second, um, and then the, the second one about the board not being fit for purpose. I'm going to combine the two of these together just to kind of um, keep us on track here for time. But basically, the not the true fan thing came from what you mentioned earlier. Uh, David about Brian Dempsey's article in the Times on fan ownership Mm -hmm. Um, and his response back basically says that when you take a look at the period that we're in, it's nowhere quite near the the situation we were in the 90s Celtic are financially strong and have a stable ownership and I have to agree with him, when you take a look at Celtic's financial performances considering some of the performances we see of teams across Europe during this pandemic it is head and shoulders above them, they're still minimising the losses as much as possible. They've built up this reserve over a a period of time where a lot of people, including myself, were asking us to invest in the team to get that um, kind of drive forward to push for um, success in Europe. And the fact that we managed to have this reserve of cash and we've been able to bring through players that we've been able to sell on is probably what has seen us through this period. And I don't think we're at the end of the point where we could still see in six months' time teams going under because they just don't have the ability to survive through this period without having fans at the games. Um, Amy, they're not a true fan. Do you think? Do you think Desmond's really that bothered about people coming out and saying you're not a true fan, or do you think this one really hit him?
6: Well, it's obviously something that he's felt that now he's had to come out and say it again in this interview or whatever you, fan Q and A at this time. I'll be honest, I don't really care if he's a fan or not right now. Um, It's How long has he been in the position? 17, 18 years or something like that? I don't know how long he's been. I have no idea how long he's been in it. Right? Uh, To me right now, it doesn't really matter. Is this a really crunch question that needs to be asked right now? No, not really. So it is a little bit of a publicity stunt, I feel, and it's coming out in response to obviously Brian Dempsey, as David alluded to and what what he said in in the time. Sorry. It's a tough one, obviously, as well. So I'm not going to sit here and try and compare these times to the 90s. And obviously, this is what he's, he spoke about. I wasn't there. But I can only take it to what people around me are saying. Now, I, I know that like, my dad's not as worried as what he was in the 90s. And he tells me about that. So but I'm not going to sit here and try and compare. And this, this one definitely is for David. And he's far more clued up on this for me. But like I say, right now, do I really mind if Dermot Desmond's not the biggest fan in the world? Not really. It's not really been a topic point of... Uh, it has been a talking point over the years, but why does it need to be spoke about now as everything that's coming around right now, this, is, this isn't this is a crunch question.
4: David, do you agree with that? The, the idea of um, not being a true fan, it's, is it just something that he's came out and just wanted to swat away at the first chance he
5: got? It's obviously hit a raw nerve. Um, yeah. I certainly think Dermot Desmond... Has a Celtic state of mind to coin a phrase. Whether or not he's a, whether or not he's a died-in-the-wool fan is is is, is perhaps a, a, a different question. But I think he's certainly somebody who has a, a feeling for the club, and I think that I do think that's important in the in the in the majority shareholder. Um, I mean, people talk about fan ownership. I'm not really sure what they mean. Um, I mean, do we want do we want a, a, a German-style 50 plus one rule where? Where um, I- effectively the, the the club is run l- like a members club, or almost like an English county cricket club, albeit with, with an executive um, board of directors, so mm-hmm. that uh, so that f- at least 50% plus one share. Are in the ownership of the fans, and no private investor can take uh, can take more than fifty percent of the shares. Is that is that what's is that if that's is that what's meant? Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think people talk about fan ownership without necessarily thinking through. Exactly what they mean and the impact that would have in terms of investment in the club. Celtic has been financially, in terms of the bottom line, Celtic has been a very, very well run club for a long period of time. Uh, I get a bit exasperated, as I know others do, in terms of the, the lack of appetite to speculate to accumulate but but in, in terms of um corporate and fiscal responsibility celtic's been very well run for a long time that is yep. why we are sitting on 20 25 billion pounds in the bank that is why we've been able to survive a, a season with nobody inside celtic park um you, you look at the uh, i mean you know r- r- rangers have, have lost something like 50 million pounds since uh the new club was formed in 2012 um and it, it 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 beats me how under financial fair play rules they've been allowed to do what they have done I and mean, it seems to be just entirely financed by by soft loans celtic haven't gone down that route they have a majority shareholder who is who, who is um he might not be everybody's cup of tea but he's a celtic minded individual i think he's a relatively a benign despot in some ways you, you, you might say uh, and um I, I, I think i think as a club, Celtic has been well run financially for a long period of time. That doesn't mean to say that uh, I agree with every decision that's been taken or that, 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 the, that the right decisions have been taken in terms of the team on the park each and every step of the way. I think it's clear that that hasn't, hasn't been the case at times. But, but we're, we're, we're fortunate that we've, we've got £20-25 you know, in the bank to ride out this storm. You look at the amount of money that some of the clubs, particularly in France, are losing this season, with, with, uh, with, the, with the TV deal over there having mm-hmm. collapsed. No fans in stadium, no season ticket revenue. You've got you've got average sized clubs in France. I look, I was reading Lequipe the other day. Saint Etienne have lost thirty five million euros this season. That's completely unsustainable, and mm-hmm. and with, uh, with 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 no immediate prospect of. Fan.
2: It's the marketers' report this week. Patrizio Spanoletto, global chief marketing officer, direct consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. ...getting back inside the ground. That
5: cannot continue much longer. I think the real economic impact of COVID has yet to be felt. When the furlough scheme is switched off in in the autumn, let's let's see what happens. Uh, I, I, I think there could be casualties. The the one part out of those
4: two questions that really jumped out to me, um, and it's probably the biggest criticism we've had of the board, is that they came on and says um, we conduct our business in a professional manner and behind closed doors. That's been the biggest issue with Celtic this season, is things getting carried out behind closed doors, not interacting with the fan base, um, and they see it as a positive. Amy, if they just if we had more updates like this from Dermot Desmond throughout the season, maybe some of the pressure would have been taken off him. A lot of that is probably coming down to the performances on the field, which he's agreed has been poor. He also agrees that off the, the park we've been poor as well. And I think that's one of the things that he he has to work on, especially when Dominic McKay comes in, is building that relationship back with the fans and having that communication. Certain things should take place behind closed doors, but other things, this is where we need to get the fans involved.
6: Read the room, Desmond, eh? Like, you're literally... Everything right now is that there's such a a lack of communication, such a lack of transparency. And as you say, certain things do have to be conducted behind closed doors. Of course they do. You're not looking for total and utter transparency. This is a business. And as, as David's rightly saying... I'm 20 years old and I've never seen the club in any sort of financial woes. I've never sort of thought, oh God, we're not sitting on a lot of money or "Oh, we've just had this massive loss, what are we going to do? Because it is a well-oiled machine, it really is, and it's running well and the money's there and everything. It is a a business and and it's succeeding. Um, But, like I say, read the room. We are literally... Begging for sort of some communication, you come out and use this interview, which we can honestly—you cannot call that an interview because that is an insult to all interviews. So Q really and A—it really is—and you're literally just—you're closing the door. You're saying everything. You're closing the door by saying things are going on behind closed doors, and that's the way it's going to be. It, it's just—it's just, it's just a, it's a farce from last night. It really is. It's a farce.
4: David, what do you think? the farce.
5: I wouldn't say it's a farce. I I, I understand the frustration. I, I, I really do. Um, I I think I think there's been one or two raw nerves um, hit uh, recently in terms of the Brian Dempsey interview in the Times. In terms of people um, uh, questioning whether or not Dermot Desmond is is really emotionally invested in 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 Celtic, and and I think he's wanted to respond to that. And it. in in some ways uh, dressing up what was an answer to uh, answers to kind of planted questions as an interview wasn't perhaps the most elegant way of putting it across Um, but I don't you know a statement wouldn't have been welcomed either Um, at least there's been some communication from from Dermot Desmond I I think in terms of keeping the managerial uh, stuff behind closed doors. I think that's exactly the right thing to do, as they did with the CEO Dominic McKay, blindsided the media, appointed uh, what would appear to be a very good and credible candidate, um, uh, with with no fuss or fanfare. And I, I hope they'll do the same thing with, uh, with 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 the manager. I I, I just think that the. The frequency and tone of the of the communication strategy needs to be needs perhaps to be to be reviewed. I, I, do, I do understand what Amy says when she says read the room. And I, I can I can sense probably at home people are blowing a gasket with um, with with with, you know, with what I'm saying just now. It, but, but some communication is better than no communication. Uh, um, uh, Dermot Desmond didn't say much in in last night's interview, but he did not lighten us on one or two points. Right now, is nothing like as bad as it was in the mid nineteen nineties. The club's on a stable footing. Um, mm-hmm. We've got we've got a, a sixty thousand all-seater stadium built. Um, we've, we've we're sitting on a hefty bank balance. Um, but it, it's really this is this is a really important summer coming up. Uh, and there are two or three uh, key hiring decisions in terms of um, manager, coaching staff, director of football, uh, new captain, uh, a, a new defence um, that, that need to be taken and need to be right if we're going to compete next, next season. And if Celtic do those behind closed doors and get them right, I'll be quite happy.
4: Yeah, and that's how the interview wraps up here. Basically saying the hopes for next season is that they play football that the fans want, they give manager the time to implement his own plans um, and more success will surely follow. That's all um, that Celtic fans want for next season is to get back to the success that they've had over the last nine years. Um, and it's probably a kind of a bow to put on the end of that interview to try and f- kind of end it on a positive Amy, looking at the interview as a whole, are you satisfied? As we said here in the the comments, are you satisfied with the update itself overall?
6: As David said, you can't we can't be sitting here going right. We're we're demanding communication, and we're crying. We're not getting communication. Now we've we've had something, so you've got to take right. Something's been said. I don't not exactly satisfied with the contents, but at the end of the day, that bridge has sort of been crossed or attempted to be built there's been that little bit of interaction no matter how want you, how you want to define it. Just another point just in it, he did say that obviously the board have made wrong calls what are those wrong calls? Mm-hmm. That wasn't highlighted, is that dangling the carrot? It's, right, we'll say we've done it, is, is he meaning appointing Lennon in the changing rooms? Is he, meaning, is he meaning not selling players on in the summer, bringing in the money? That he's now saying that players were up for sale and offers were made, even though earlier on we were told that there was no sort of offers made. There's just a lot of contradictory statements in the interview. So am I satisfied with it? No. But am I satisfied that something's happened and something's been said? Yes, because we can't sit here and and, um, slate the club and go X, Y and Z and go, we are not getting any form of communication. We've had that now, so we have to take... A positive out of that—that that something has been answered. If well, maybe being answered is the wrong terminology to use, but that connection has been made. Something's been said. If we like what's in it, then that's a different conversation that we just had. So, to answer your question, no, I'm not satisfied.
4: Thanks, Amy. <laughs> no worries. Um, <laughs> David, were you satisfied, or um, do you agree with what Amy just said?
5: I'm not satisfied with the communication, uh, communications from the club. Um, I think they've been I think they've been lacking over the last um, over the last six to nine months. Whether it's been uh, in, in terms of the sort of macro level communications talking about you know the the, the 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 direction of travel of the club as a whole, or whether it's been in terms of um, communication w- with individual season ticket holders in terms of you know the the the, the proverbial. Value add that, that we're 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 supposed to receive or not receive as part of season ticket packages. I, I think it. I think the whole thing's left something to be desired. Um, and you know, as I said, com- the communication last night. You know, it's it, it, it's 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 better than nothing. I, I I don't think it struck quite the right tone. Uh, and I think that um, I, I I think that it was primarily, um, the communication made to to, 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 to fight back at people like Brian Dempsey rather than necessarily communicate with the with the with the support but but look if and when they get things right on the park everybody will calm down uh, 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 and that's 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 the fundamental uh, uh, and whether or not the communication strategy is right or wrong or leave something to be desired will matter a whole lot less if we've got a winning team on the park
4: taking a look at the the statement overall I think there was certainly um some points that should have been made a long time ago and it's good to see Dermot Desmond actually taking them on board um, the, the points about not being a true fan, um, coming out and, and backing himself and backing the club and backing the work that's been done that's what you want to see um, from a guy in that position but overall as a statement um, it's a bit like closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, this has come far too late and I feel as if it's the the start of the PR strategy to start selling the season tickets for next season Um, And I wouldn't be surprised now that if you see this announcement yesterday, within the next week or two, we'll have the director of football, we'll have the new manager in place um, and we'll also have probably the assistants and the the season tickets will be on sale. Do you think I'm maybe just being a bit facetious here, David? Do do you think that's probably part of the plan?
5: It might be. I I certainly I don't see how they can, given everything that's happened this season, I, I, I don't see how... The club can credibly launch a season ticket renewal campaign without a new manager in place. Uh, I, I, I suspect that um, uh, that the, the paddling furiously beneath the surface at the moment, in terms of um, in terms of sifting through managerial candidates and, and, and trying to make um, trying to make an appointment. I think they'll want they want a bottom on the manager's seat um, and a director of football announcement um, before uh, before the season ticket renewal campaign um, commences. Uh, I had a communication this week regarding um, my hospitality season ticket and the level of refund that uh, or credit that I would be um, due in regard to the season that 's just gone um, so that 's all gearing up towards you know se- season tickets and, and hospitality packages going on on sale again very shortly um, and i I fully expect some key announcements before that campaign begins in earnest.
4: Yeah and it's up to you if you want to answer this David but I'm sure a lot of people that are watching would like to know what was the offer that was given to you by the club just in general terms
5: Uh, about 25% back on my season ticket um, hospitality package
4: that's an interesting one I think if that was something that was instituted across the board and Amy I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that 25% Twenty five percent back on the season ticket for not being able in, to get into the grounds this season. Do you think that would encourage fans to renew for next year?
6: As David says, I don't really think. No matter, I, I, I find it very hard to understand and really put like a plausible statement and quest forward without having any sort of improvement from this season, and that is obviously meaning. The improvement being having a manager in place. It, it's, that that's fundamentally no matter what they offer. The biggest thing right now is going to be getting a manager in place, getting some sort of structure because right now then it's just it's just the mess.
5: I think it's important to point out, um, Colin. I mean, that, that, that in terms of in terms of refunds or, or credits, it's in relation to. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting running a a, a, a table for six in the in the rib, That's for sure. I mean, I, I've mm-hmm. got a club Celtic season ticket, and it's a it's a it's a free pie and a cup of tea at half time and a free program. That that's kind of about it. Um, but but uh, and a padded seat, but. But I mean that what what' they've, what they've offered to refund is that the sort of unused hospitality element of the season ticket and, and you know I suppose that's uh, that's fair enough because I've not been able to I've not been able to take advantage of my uh, my free pies and my free cups of tea and my free program so so that, that's, that's I think the credit the credit relates uh, relates to that we've got to remember that you know every every pound taken out of the club. Whether it's by by us or or anyone else means less less of a budget to invest in the playing side of things next season. I mean, I hear people talking about you know asking for refunds in full of season tickets, and if Celtic did that, that's. Uh that, that's that's the that's the bank balance wiped out right there. Um, some clubs on the continent have, continent have been able to do that. Uh, Borussia mentioned Gladback offered. I uh, said the last time I was on Axum, They offered a, uh, they've given. In fact, never mind offered. They have given a complete refund to every single season ticket holder. But they're sitting on a big German TV contract. Celtic mm-hmm. are not. Celtic are much more dependent upon revenue at the gate than than clubs in the in the top four or five leagues. Um, and so. Uh, if, if, we want to compete, if we want to compete next season and we want to see the requisite investment in the playing uh, side of the team, then I, I, I think Celtic you know, need to be careful and cautious in terms of, uh, in terms of refunds and credits um, at, the, at the end of this season. Not everybody's in the same boat. I know this is, a, this is a really difficult and sensitive issue. and Lots of people have struggled like mad through COVID and, and, and finances are tighter than ever. So everybody's got their own uh, got their own problems and difficult, difficulties in that regard. But but every every hundred pounds that Celtic credit the support that an individual season ticket holder for is hundred pounds that can't be invested in the in, in 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 getting back to normal on the playing field.
4: I think what you've got to look at as well is the the side of the additional value that was to be offered to the normal season ticket holders as well. I mean, when you look at it, you can log on to Celtic TV about 45 minutes to an hour before the game, you get given a team basically built up of Celtic coaches who are the experts to guide you through it. And you saw what happened when it came up head-to-head against the game, being on Sky at the weekend. They bring in Matt Smith from BT and ITV to host it. Now, over the period, we started with Rory Hamilton alongside Darren Adi, alongside Michael Stewart, I think it was at one point as well. And then as the season went on, it got less, it got down to Peter Martin it then went down to Gerry McCulloch as your, um, your commentary team hosting it as well, we were promised that we'd get a lot of these ex-Celts that are in the, the media hearts and certain people like that now it's getting to the point of well, we've got Darren Adia as a coach we've got, um, before he became first team coach, we've got Stephen McManus where was the additional value for the Celtic fans in terms of the season ticket this year? It wasn't as if there was a, a a big kind of here's Celtic TV for a year. Go and look at some of the, the previous games. Go and take a look at the Lazio game all over again because it was the highlight of last season. Go and watch the 6-2 game from Martin O'Neill's era that you can do if you subscribe as a Celtic, Fs, a Celtic TV um, subscriber around the world. We were basically told here's a website that you can log into and you can log in an hour before. Here's your digital match programme. And here was a couple of European games. I, I, I guess that the game against Falkirk that's coming up will also be part of this additional value because that's going to be on Premier Sports as well. Um, look, the 25% you're talking about, you're talking about getting the sort of the pie, the bov um, and the programme. I guess Celtic will say they've covered the programme by putting it out in a digital format. Is the 25% really the, the free pie and the ball roll that you're getting alongside the padded seats or... Surely there should be something in there for the the kind of non executive or non investor fans. I wouldn't, this I, wouldn't dis- as
5: well. I wouldn't disagree, Colin, and, and I think the Celtic TV coverage has been has been slightly disappointing in terms of um, the reliability of the stream, the delay on the stream, uh, 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 and the quality of pundit expert analysis that we've had when we began with um, with guys like. Michael Stewart and, and Rory Hamilton on commentary. It looked it looked very good. They haven't been able to maintain that that standard, and, and that's been that's been one disappointment amongst uh, amongst many others this season. I would I would have to agree. Amy,
4: thoughts? Are fans should fans i be looking for something similar to what the investors are getting as an offer of a refund or perhaps a reduction in their season ticket next season?
6: Because As David says, it's a sensitive issue and you can never really talk generically for, for everyone so it's just going to be one of these ones that you're just going to ride out over these next few weeks, months and it really is just going to be every individual to themselves I feel
4: I mean I, I guess it'll be interesting when we see what comes out, I think a lot of fans if they're offered a refund, it'll be up to them whether to take it or not, we've seen quite a lot of people um, didn't take it last year Um, for the the previous season for the games that we lost out on a lot of people then took it as performances kind of got worse throughout the season and there's still quite a few people out there that haven't even been interested in taking it a lot of people that took it maybe reinvested it in this year's season ticket maybe they reinvested it in all the new kind of Adidas um, stuff that came out as part of that new kit deal I would be very surprised if fans that were offered that money don't then reinvest it in some form at Celtic as well I don't think that the loss to Celtic would be that massive. And you also see the the idea that's been floated by the Celtic Trust um, about turning that into shares. And I think everyone has their own opinions on that. Um, but yeah, this is probably going to be the most interesting few weeks of the season. Um, and it's planning for next season and what Celtic will actually do. Um, but the fact that they've already started this correspondence with the um the sort of club Celtic ticket holders, as you were mentioning, David. I think Celtic fans in general should be looking out for something, um, whether it be on social media or in the post over the next few weeks. Um, so, I, I can't believe we're over 50 minutes in and almost talked about as a, a seven-question interview so far um, and passing our good wishes on to Musa Dembele. Um, but Amy, we, we haven't been um, on here since the, the game at the weekend, and David, it's been great having you on. So, I'm just going to try and get your quick views on uh, the performance at the weekend. Amy, I'll start with yourself. Um, who who kind of shone for you, and where did it kind of go wrong in that sense?
6: Like it was a promising first 45. Um, things were going right. <sighs> then, even in that midst, though, you're going, it's promising, and I really didn't have a lot of optimism. I just thought, when you're not putting chances away and you're not really capitalising on being the better side, you know, maybe a season, two seasons ago, we we could get away with that and we'd we'd grab a goal in the 80th minute, 90th minute, or whatever. That's not the script these days. Even we go ahead, and you're you're not feeling that confidence. It's a tough one. It's you heard you used to hear clubs talk talking. My friends would talk to me that or oh, even one nil up against Celtic, you don't feel confident because they're going to come back and they'll get that equaliser. I mean, they get the equaliser, they're going to they're going to um, kick on. That's how I feel now. Not even that heading one 0 up, you're just not feeling that sort of optimism and feeling any sort of you know obviously joy. But you're not feeling right. We're going to kick on from here. It's just sort of playing you just feel there's so many as David spoke about already there's so many defensive frailties um, every set piece and it's an, an, it's an intake of breath the corners you know we can we can talk into it but you could just sort of really say it all season there was just a lot going wrong at the weekend I was quite impressed with Eli Nusson in the first 45 mm-hmm. thought he was actually quite a positive I um, took his goal well and I thought he was probably one of the brighter sparks but other than that that second 45 I think just really epitomised everything it was, it was dull I never really you don't really get any sort of joy, excitement and I just feel it's flat and I think as well you're taking a lot into consideration the week that Rangers have had mm-hmm. and, and that's the killer you know they've already wrapped up the league. And they're probably still drunk and then you look at everything that happened on Thursday you can talk about a, a European hangover as well but like I said it's not even the football that matters everything that that club have, and, and Glen Camara have went through and the way that they've they've handled certain things and it's rightly so that obviously that Celtic showed their solidarity with Rangers it is and we can talk about that in great depth or whatever but at the end of the day it was the right thing to do um, and I just feel at this time you know we should really be and ahead of Rangers we've, we've had however many days we we're, were like 10 days without a game or something like that or a week without a game you know you would never have thought this was the side that had this rest period and hadn't had the hectic week that Rangers have had and, and like I say there was just there was no real fighting spirit and that just well that's just the story of our season isn't it there is literally no fighting spirit within that side
4: yeah I think you could see it towards the last sort of 25 minutes of the game There was a lot of heavy legs on the field um, and you actually could see why David Turnbull now gets taken off. I think you could see him really tiring. That chance when he could have went through on goal, he was just kind of slow to get to it, slow to take advantage of it Um, and Stephen Davis managed to come back and get the tackling on him. Uh, I, I think you can see for that reason, why he gets taken off. For me, when I looked at the lineups, the thing that really surprised me was Leon Balogun playing at right-back. And I think in the first 45 minutes, Celtic really got at him. Um, and you can see that's obviously where the goal came from. Um, I, but we just didn't take enough advantage of it. I mean, he was a guy playing completely out of position. Um, they also had Nathan Patterson sitting on the bench, who they eventually brought on. Once they brought that on, that weak link got removed um, and Laxalt didn't get as much um, success down the left hand side as what he was getting in the first half David but when you take a look at the goal that we conceded how we managed to concede from that position (laughs) that just sums up Celtic season the ball was on the halfway line and then within a minute and a half it's in the back of the net
5: It's so frustrating Uh, and uh, I mean so many people have said that the goal encapsulated our entire season and in many ways it did entirely avoidable uh, absolutely no danger whatsoever. Uh, John Joe Kenny passed back from near the halfway line, goes awry, and from the resultant corner, where well, we appear to be practising zonal marking, you know, more or less scores at the back post. Just just incredibly disappointing. We, we should have won that game. Uh, it, it's so frustrating. We were terrorising them down the Celtic left, Rangers right in the first half. Um, should have been... Two up minimum half time. Instead we go in mm-hmm. at, at one each. But it was it was a much improved performance. The, the 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 difference between the performance on Sunday and the performance against them in the early days of January. Was that you know you know we 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 dominated possession for large chunks of the game and we created chances. That game uh, that that game uh, back at the turn of the year we did not create very many clear cut chances uh, and I don't think there were any after after half time. This time much more in the way of clear cut chances. We just didn't take them. Uh, Ed, Edouard nothing like ruthless enough and and, and others spurned opportunities as well. Um, but, but it, it was an encouraging performance, just disappointing and frustrating We couldn't beat them If ever was a time to really go for the jugular, that was it. Rangers coming off mm-hmm. that difficult fixture against Slavia Prague Thursday night with all the fallout from Glen Kamara and, 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 and Kimar Roof, and we still didn't stick it to them so just 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 incredibly frustrating two, two big upsides for me I thought James Forrest played a very nice cameo when he came on, just just sort of back to those sort of trademark uh, Surging runs in from from the right that we've uh, we've grown to know and love, and I thought Stephen Welsh and, and Chris Ayer um, mm-hmm. both had excellent games in in, in the middle of the defence. The, the, the goal, the goal notwithstanding, um, Welsh looks. I mean, he, he he's a real he, he's a real find. He nearly scored as well. Um, and, and if Ayer does go at the end of this season, and it seems almost inevitable that he will, then he's going to be a big big miss.
4: Yeah, and I'm just going to touch on the substitutions in a second. Um, but I just want to bring up this point because you, you mentioned it. Um, the, the Glenn Kamara scenario, um, I think everyone in Scottish football was horrified to see what happened to Glenn Kamara on Thursday night. Um, and the way that Scott Brown reacted um, just showed the class that he's got. Um, and it was great to see both sides kind of standing up in this fight against racism. Um, both, the, both the teams, what could be said about fans off, offline and on social media, that's nothing at all to do with what happened on the park. It was just a great gesture shown by both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the substitutions, 79 minutes before we made the first sub, how many times were you screaming at it, bring on this player, bring on that player? And we just left it so late. And when the subs came on, it was like for like. We didn't actually go for it. The worst one was bringing on, sorry, um, bringing on Griffiths for Eddie. Just go to up front, have a go at them. They were there for the taking, and it just. It, it kind of felt as if we were just like, we're, we're both teams are content for the one point and we'll move on from there.
5: And, and Griff, if... Griff came on with, what, three minutes to go? Something like that? Uh, 18, yeah, 18 minutes minute. What, yeah. what could he, he do? It was, ah.
4: uh, for me, that, that showed for me, and I don't know what you uh, both think, but that shows for me, Kennedy isn't cut out to be a manager at this level.
6: It's carbon copy Lennon. You know, when it was Neil Lennon in charge, we're going, why is he making substitutes? Like, Neil Lennon doesn't make a substitution before 70 minutes. As you said, right, we can talk about, like, why are you not going to up top? Why in God's name are you bringing on Lee Griffiths with two, three minutes to go? What are you expecting this man to do? Now, I'm seeing it coming through in the comments. People are going, right, for Lee Griffiths, blaming him that we've not won the 10 because he's not fit. You say what you want about Griffiths, but you cannot, I don't care who you're bringing on. You can bring on Messi you're given two minutes Like, give give the guy a chance the thing is we can see it uh, as fans um, and people are saying we're sitting here with, with tinted glasses and a little bit of hindsight Rangers were tiring everybody was tiring it was heavy legs yet yeah, still Rangers finished the match probably the stronger the sides. Mm. why is Griffith so if if he's not fit don't have him on the bench if he is fit give him a little bit give him 10-15 minutes you can't give him 2-3 minutes maybe going to get on the end of one ball if he's lucky um, it's just it's not even really worth talking about everybody in football knows that, that you just cannot think that these substitutions are always going to work right at the death you know maybe once in a blue moon you'll get that first touch finish from from your substitute with a minute to go or whatever but my God, it's just like I say it's carbon copy of um, of Lennon, and that is why fans don't want Kennedy. And I know people are saying you've not really seen him, give him a chance. He's obviously doing something right. He's learned something from Rodgers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But right now he's not showing anything. He's using that Lennon model, and like I guess everything isn't that different to what it was two three months ago.
4: Yeah, and uh, David John Kennedy going for the Frank Corners approach of just maintaining this unbeaten run whilst being an in interim uh, position as manager. It, it did. He just he played for the point. At no point did it look as if we were trying to win that game. After probably sixty-five minutes.
5: Yeah, difficult. Uh, uh, I, I, and and um, I I, I think I think w- we could ask as well why. Um, guys like Barkas aren't being given a, a a tryout at this stage of the season. I mean, are we going to hang on to Barkas? Uh, do we see him as a, a you know some kind of reclamation project now, or are we going to get? Is he going to be sold in in the summer? But if there's any if there's ever a time to try him in in, in a relatively low pressure environment, it, it's between now and the end of the season in terms of the league campaign, and 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 yet we persist with. Uh, with Scott Bain in goal, um, uh, so yeah, the the, the, the sun, Sunday Sunday certainly raised as as, as many questions as, as it answered. But I, I thought it was a I thought it was actually on the whole a good performance, but one that lacked a uh, sadly lacked a killer instinct.
4: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a bet that kind of um, almost put the fear in you was when uh, Scott Bain hammered the ball off Stephen Welsh and then went in. If that was the case, oh, that would have just Put the icing on the terrible cake that has been Celtic season, um, and then the fact that you can just laugh about it—that that was that was scary. Um, but again, conceding from a corner, uh, sorry, yeah, conceding from a corner. When you look at the amount of goals we've conceded from set pieces this season, I think it's in the kind of upper seventy percent of all the league goals have came either directly or indirectly from a set piece. We, we just don't seem to learn from our mistakes, do we?
5: No, and that's something that, that uh, y- y- you would hope that the the new coach, whoever that is, will, will will address and sort out in time for the Champions League qualifiers in July. And that's another reason, never mind season ticket cam- campaign renewals, why we need to get somebody in sooner rather than later. The clock is ticking in terms of recruitment, in terms of preparation time for uh, qualifiers in July, uh, uh, and we need to we need to move quickly because I, I think the, the 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 faults that we have. Uh, 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 are not um, yeah, they're not especially deep rooted. They are addressable. They can be fixed. I think they can be fixed over the course of this summer, by and large. But we need to start work now.
4: Yeah. Definitely. I think we can all agree on that. And it's been great. Apologies to everyone who is getting involved in the comments section, but there's just been so much to discuss today that we've not really had the chance to bring everything up. We do appreciate you getting involved. We are reading your comments, and it does actually come into play when we give our own responses here, um, is that some of the comments that come through. Um, David, it's been fantastic having you on. Um, thank you for coming on to dissect what was an interesting update coming out of Dermot Desmond's uh, laptop. Amy? You are back on Sunday um, with the Soccer Supernova. Who have you got on this week?
6: I have Danny Swanson this week, Colin.
4: That'll be an interesting one. It was uh, really quite good.
6: I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy it. And
4: good was it John Daly last week? It
6: was John Daly on Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, it was. Um, it's going well. Good few guests lined up as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting.
4: Please tell me you asked Danny Swanson about the on-field fight that he had.
6: Oh, I think he brought it up himself. I'm pretty sure he brought off himself, um, and he just thought he went hmm. um so yeah it was um it was a really good chat. He's really down to earth and it was um yeah, it was a good one, some some interesting insights and obviously he played under Lennon as well at Hibbs, so it was um it was obviously it was filmed a few weeks ago as well. So it was um it was all it was all quite good timing actually. So <laughs>
4: Well, I look forward to seeing that on Sunday, David. We look forward to having you back at some point on A Celtic State of Mind. Myself and Amy will definitely be back next Wednesday. Um, check us out on uh, A State of Mind. We have now surpassed Aberdeen Football Club for the amount of subscriptions that we have on YouTube. We are climbing that uh, footballing ladder. Do get involved. Leave us a comment after the show. Let us know how you get on. That really helps us. It gets us up there. Like and subscribe. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Paul John will be back with John Paul and Declan. That always gets more difficult every week to say um, with the Thursday um, Celtic State of Mind Bulletin. But until then, everyone, have a great day, stay safe, and as always, hail, hail.